Welcome to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson. I just find that more and more as I, as I go on in life and in ministry, you know, the gospel is the power. And when the gospel gets in there, the transformation will come. If there's never transformation, then the gospel never was planted. But if the gospel really was planted, we'll know because transformation will come. But it might not come in the exact time frame that we think. Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues his study in the book of Acts. Join us as Pastor Brian begins his teaching on Acts, chapter 26, verse 18, in a message titled, The Purpose, Promise, and Power of the Gospel. Now, here's Pastor Brian. As we look at the the bigger picture of Scripture in the New Testament, the guarantee of our inheritance is the gift of the Holy Spirit that God has given to us. So when you put your faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God comes and takes up residence in you, and that is the guarantee of your future inheritance. It's a, it's a little, it's like a down payment. It's like a, a little sample. Like, okay, here's a sample, and the rest is, will come in the future. And the ultimate, the best, will come in the future. In, in writing to the church in Ephesus, Paul speaks of the Spirit as being the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. And the Greek word that Paul uses for the guarantee there is a word that in Greek means the, an engagement ring. So the Holy Spirit is to us what the engagement ring is to the bride. So what does the engagement ring say? The engagement ring says, you know, I love you, I'm committed to you, and I'm going to marry you, and you're going to be mine. And the Holy Spirit is the engagement ring for us. God gives us the Spirit, and that's his way of saying, you belong to me. You're my bride, and you will be my possession, and you'll enter into the full inheritance of everything that I have in the future. Now, of course, it's a great analogy in one way. Uh, it does break down a little bit because you might be thinking, well, what if, the, what if they take the engagement ring back? Well, that can happen here, but it can't happen. God, God doesn't do that. You know, somebody might give an engagement ring and then later decide, you know, I don't think this was the right decision. I don't, I don't want to go through it. God's never going to say to you that have received Jesus, you know, I don't know. I've, I've kind of given a little more thought and I, I don't really want to be in this relationship with you forever. So here, I'm taking the Holy Spirit back. Thank God it doesn't work that way. So the promise is that of forgiveness of sins and of an inheritance. And I want to emphasize again, the inheritance, we begin to experience it now. See, becoming a Christian isn't just that, okay, great, my sins are forgiven, and when I die, I get to go to heaven. Becoming a Christian is my sins are forgiven, and I get to enter into the inheritance now. Not all of it, not the fullness of it, but I begin to experience here now that inheritance in this life. And so the purpose, the promise, and then thirdly, the power. So 
what is that power? How, how is it that this becomes a reality? When, when Jesus sends Paul, he says, I'm sending you to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to the power of God. I'm sending you to do that. Here's the question. How is Paul going to do that? What is the means through which he's going to accomplish this? And the means is the gospel. Paul's going to preach the gospel to people. And this is the amazing thing. The gospel, and the gospel is this message of Christ dying for our sins, rising again from the dead. That message has the power to break Satan's grip over a person's life. It has the power to bring you out of darkness into light. It, has, it is the only power that can provide the forgiveness of your sins and my sins. It's the gospel. And so that's, that's what Paul was commissioned to do. He was to go preach. And this commissioning that Paul received back in this time here, as we're studying it in Acts, is the same commission that every generation of Christians has received as well. Because we're really all on the same mission that Paul was on. Because Jesus is not finished with his work. And what is his work? His work is to gather people out of the world and make them part of his kingdom before there's a judgment that falls upon this world and before he finally comes to set up his kingdom on this earth. But this is the mission. The mission is to go forth and set the captives free, really. When Jesus came and was entering into his public ministry, in Luke chapter four, it says that he went into the synagogue in Nazareth. And there in the synagogue, he took the scroll and he began to read the scroll on that particular Sabbath day. And the writing was from Isaiah, and we would know it today as Isaiah chapter 61. And it begins with these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to give recovery of sight to the blind. He sent me to set at liberty the captives. So you see, that's what Jesus said. That was his mission to do that. And that's the exact same mission that he's sending Paul on. And that's the exact same mission that we're all given as well. And it happens through proclaiming the gospel, preaching, proclaiming, heralding. That's what the apostles did. But you know, to simplify it, it's just basically telling people about Jesus. Because when we use terms like preach or proclaim or herald, which are all legitimate, we can easily get in our minds that, yeah, somebody else does that. Because I'm not a preacher, you might say. Uh, I'm not a heralder. I'm not somebody that's going to stand up and just herald out the gospel. Uh, Maybe you're not. Maybe that's not the particular calling that God's given to you. It's probably not. Or you would be doing it already. But it might be in your future. You never know. But what every one of us are called to do is to speak the gospel, to talk about the gospel. And remember, as we've made our journey through Acts, we've seen those who have preached, 
and mainly the apostles and some of those others that were associated with them. They're the preachers, the proclaimers, the heralders. But then we have also seen just the rank and file Christians. We have seen how they just go about telling people about Jesus. They go about talking the gospel, or as John Stott would put it, they went about gossiping the gospel. They just went telling people about the Lord. Now, think of this. The state of the world, the state of everybody outside of Christ is that of blind and in darkness and bound by Satan. The solution to that, the liberation that is available for that is the gospel. God wants to use every one of us to set people free through the spreading of the gospel. And so we need to recognize that that's the case. We need to recognize that this is how it happens. And of course, one of the ways that would be, I think, good is to just think about how it happened with our own lives. You know, sometimes we forget. And, you know, there's a tendency with with us as Christians, I think, to sometimes just make things complicated. And the gospel going forth, uh, God, God has just made it so simple. Just talk to people about Jesus. Just tell them. And you can even start with just tell them your story. Tell them what you did. <laughs> or tell them what you were like. Tell them how you became who you are today versus who you were before. And you know, especially when you meet new people or, or people that maybe you haven't known for a while, you know what you find with people? You find generally that they're, you know, they're, everybody's kind of curious about oh, who are you and what do you do? And we've all got things we do and this is who we are. But you know, there's always in those moments an opportunity to just include that, well, I'm a, however you want to say it, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus. And, you know, I guarantee that'll get a conversation. Well, it'll either shut it down entirely <laughs> or it'll ramp up the, the opportunity. You know, sometimes it shuts it down. I've had many times where you know, I'm having a great conversation with somebody. They ask me, what do I do? And oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm a pastor and a Bible teacher. It's like, oh, okay, we're done. You know, <laughs> thank you. Don't want to hear any of that stuff. So <laughs> let's uh, not talk anymore. But then there's also those times where people say, really? Well, you don't look like a preacher. Okay. I think that's probably a compliment, so I'll take that. <laughs> I don't know what preachers look like, but, um, but then, you know, you, you just take the opportunity. And, and you know what I do almost all the time? I just kind of tell it, just various versions of my own story. Various, and what I mean by various versions is sometimes it's, it's more in-depth and detailed, and other times it's more brief, but it's, the point is that Christ came and changed my life. And you know, here's the thing that I want us to all realize today. That right there, when you do that, you are putting forth the greatest power in the world. That's the greatest power. That, that is the only power that can raise a person from the dead. It's the only power that can break the power of Satan. It's the only power that can open somebody's eyes to reality. You are exerting the greatest 
power possible when you do that. Now, you might be thinking, oh, come on, you know, I've done that a lot of times. It didn't really feel that powerful. It doesn't matter if it feels powerful to you. That's where we get hung up because oftentimes we, it doesn't feel powerful from our standpoint and we walk away thinking, man, I really failed because, you know, that was so, that was just such a bad effort at sharing the gospel with something. But listen, remember this, the gospel, Paul said this, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to salvation. Not my presentation of it, not my clever way of communicating it or my humorous way or my winsome way. All of those things are fine. I would much I would much prefer from my own standpoint to be winsome and clever and brilliant when I share the gospel. But, you know, it's not, it's not contingent on that for it to have its impact because the power is in the gospel itself. That's what we have to realize. And if we realize that the power is in the gospel itself, it will make it much easier for us to just get it out there because then we just trust that, okay, Lord, I just threw that seed out. You know, sometimes after I have an opportunity to share with somebody, I walk away and this is my prayer. Lord, I pray that you would bless my feeble effort to get the gospel to this person because from my standpoint, it just seems so feeble. It just felt so lame. You know, it's like, why did I say that? How come I didn't say this? What was I thinking? Why wasn't I thinking? Oh, you know, all of that stuff goes on in your head. But here's the great news. It's not dependent on you. The only part we play is just get the word out there. And of course, we can pray afterward that the Holy Spirit will follow up. But remember, it's the gospel itself that's the power. So as Paul goes out, commissioned by Jesus, he's going to open people's eyes. He's going to turn them from darkness to light. He's going to turn them from the power of Satan to God. How's he going to do that? He's going to get up and tell people about Christ. He's going to tell people that Christ is the, the savior of the world, that he died on a cross, that he rose again from the dead, and that he's alive now, and he'll forgive your sins. And then he's going to trust God to apply that. And I'll tell you, it never ceases to amaze me how that simple message can just literally impact somebody to the point of total transformation of their lives. See, God's word is like, you know, like a seed. You look at a seed and you have, I mean, if you just look at it on the surface, what does it look? It doesn't look like anything. But there's all of this information in the seed. And if you plant that seed in the ground, that seed is going to spring forth into life. All that information is going to come up in a plant or in a tree or something like that. And the gospel, listen, the gospel is the seed of God's life. And when God's life gets planted in a heart, it springs up in a person's life. And that's called conversion. That's called salvation. That's called being born again. And so, hey, you know, if it's just reading a tract or telling your story or you're more developed in your 
understanding and you're able to just walk somebody through the gospel. And that's what we should aim for. We want to grow and learn and be able to communicate. But whatever it is, the, the important thing is to get the message out. And that's what Jesus sent Paul to do. You're going to set people free from the power of the devil. How are you going to do that? You're going to do it through the gospel. And that's what we have been called to do today. So the gospel is the means by which people come out of the darkness of sin and out from under the power and dominion of Satan. That's the means, and it happens through them believing. So really quickly, what is the gospel? Let's just be crystal clear. The gospel, remember, means good news. It is the good news that God has provided a way for our sins to be forgiven, for us to be reconciled to him, and for us to become his sons and daughters and heirs of his eternal kingdom. That, that's what the gospel has done. It's, done. it's provided that for us. But, but what is it that Jesus died for our offenses and that he was raised so we could be justified? That's, that's the gospel right there. Jesus died for our sins and he rose again so we could be justified. And the moment a person believes that in their heart, that instant a person is, is translated, is, is moved out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Now, salvation is instantaneous. Conversion is instantaneous. Uh, regeneration is instantaneous. These are all words that basically mean the same thing. But there follows what we call sanctification. There's the, there's the developing. There's the maturing in my Christian life. But that, that's not becoming a Christian. That's becoming more like Christ, but becoming a Christian or being born of the Spirit, that happens the moment a person in sincerity says, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe Christ is the Savior. I believe that he rose from the dead, and I, I receive that. That's what happens there. So Paul, as he finishes up with Agrippa here, he says that when Christ gave him this commission, he says that he was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but he declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turn to God, and do works befitting of repentance. And so that's what happens. Repenting, the word repent just means to change means a change of mind. So your mind has been set against Christ. Your mind has been set against his salvation. Your mind changes. And with the changing of your mind, there is going to be a changing of your life that will follow. There will be transformation that will come. And, you know, more and more, we need to get back to the realization of that, that power in uh, the gospel. I think sometimes we've, we've been so, you know, of course, we, we expect change and we look for change and we know that change will come if there's true life there. But sometimes we put too much of an emphasis on change too quickly, failing to realize that sometimes the, you know, the change 
is progressive. And what happens, I've seen this so many times, a person has a moment where they really believe the gospel and something happens. They sense that something's happened, but then they go on for a time where it's like, I don't know, you know, somebody looking on, like, I'm not sure if anything happened. It doesn't, it kind of, you know, they're kind of back over here and they're wobbling here with this and that. But then, you know, suddenly they just, they just take off and they, they begin to soar. That's a, that's a process that I think is, is very real for people. I talked to a 21-year-old kid yesterday, and basically when he told me his story of kind of like a three, four-year, probably three-year journey, and I said, so, so when did you come to faith? And he said, well, you know, I've just really begun to really follow the Lord, but but then when I was 17 in high school, this happened, and I prayed this prayer, and I really felt like something lifted off of me, but then I kind of drifted and wandered around, and, and, but now, I don't know, something happened, and God just pulled me in, and now here I am, and I want to serve him, and all of this stuff, and I'm thinking, I have heard this story a thousand times. The life of God was planted in there, and a real thing took place, and then through a process of... <laughs> hit and miss kind of thing. But God was at work the whole time, bringing them through. And, and I'm saying this because I think sometimes we, in our impatience, we pressure people that, you know, right this minute, you got to do this. And, and, and then, you know, they, do, they don't do it. And then, but we haven't really even let the, the seed really take root and, and that is because, I, th- I think for pastors, that's because we're not really trusting God a lot of times. We're, we're trusting more in our process or more in our program or more in our idea of, of how the whole thing works. And I just find that more and more as, as I go on in life and in ministry, you know, the gospel is the power. And when the gospel gets in there, the transformation will come. If there's never transformation, then the gospel never was planted. But if the gospel really was planted, we'll know because transformation will come. But it might not come in the exact time frame that we think. And so let's just close with this. Jesus sent Paul to bring good news to the people of his day. And Jesus is sending you and he's sending me to bring good news to the people of our day. And let's ask God to help us to step out in faith and to share the gospel. Let's do that. This is, look, I've said this many times before, but this is the answer. This is the answer to everything, really. I mean, it it starts here. And if if it's family members, if it's friends, if it's coworkers, if it's the community you live in, if it's the country that we're in, whatever it is. The problem is people are blind, they're in darkness, and they're in the captivity of Satan. The solution is the gospel. And once the gospel gets in there, everything changes. Changes for that person, and then inevitably it, it, it seems to affect the people around them, and that that impact can go on and on and on and on and on. And, and who, who would ever even guess, in, in so many cases, the, the far-reaching impact 
that one life can have by receiving the gospel and then simply by sharing the gospel. For the month of June, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled The Gospel by Ray Ortland. Are you experiencing the glory of Christ made visible through the beauty of gospel-infused relationships in the church? Well, in his book, The Gospel, Ray Ortland shares a biblical examination of what he calls a gospel culture, a culture that both fosters Christian relationships and is attractive and welcoming to those outside the faith. To develop a biblical understanding of gospel culture, we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order the gospel by Ray Ortland. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we study together in the book of Acts. Back to Basics is the preaching and teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, California.